Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. I'm Karen Sharp-Price. Today, we're going to talk to Gina Phillips from Western New York Divorce Financial Advisors and hear about her own career story. Gina and I met through Grow Buffalo Business. Hi, Gina. Thanks for being on Sharp HR Career Corner today. How are you doing? Good, good, good. It's a sunny day, so it's great. Yeah, thank you for, for being on. Let's start back your college days. You went to Niagara University for accounting. What were you hoping to do after you graduated with your accounting degree? Well, at the time, there was the Big Ten. I thought I was going to be a CPA and work for a big accounting firm. During the course of the interview process, I actually connected more with two big local banks. So I had an opportunity to work at a a local bank, HSBC, in the internal audit department. It just fit. It just was good timing. And so over the course of the next 10 years, what made you move out of the banking industry? Well, actually, what I did was I became a stay-at-home mom. My former husband's business career took off and he was traveling and entertaining. And it was difficult to have my career going at the same time. Um, But along the way, I always did side projects. I had like a side business. Uh, I took care of a six-unit apartment building, accounting. So I kept myself active. I was very active with my son in in the PTA and being in charge of different things. So I I kept my mind in, in activities busy. When you were doing that as a stay-at-home mom, because there are a number of women out there who have to make that decision to, do they stay at home or do they keep working? And if they stay home, how do they stay involved? You know, what will the next 10 years look like on their resume? How do they get back in if they want to? Was that a really tough decision for you when you had to do that? You know, it, it was tough. We were really in a unique situation that we didn't Financially, we were underliving. It made it easier for me to do that. And we always had the option of, you know, if things got, if his business started going down, I could always go back to work, especially with an accounting degree. I could be a bookkeeper. I could, you know, there was a lot of different things. It was hard. You know, I never thought I would be a stay at home mom when I started off in this world. My mom was a stay at home mom. But I did, like I said, I kept very active. I was I was at my son's elementary school almost every day, helping and volunteering. So I kind of gave back to the community during that time. Yep. Um, and like I said, I always did my everyday finances and and like had a small business. So I kept up on like Excel and you know. So I wasn't just cleaning and doing housework. I was right. doing other things too along. Yeah, the way. and you know what? I think that that is really key to stay involved. When when I did the same thing, I, I took time off, but I kept my foot in the door and I was always doing things. And then I joined a mother's group. So I just always, I, I don't think I was really 
thinking about it and thinking about what what my resume was going to look like, you know, after I finished um, raising my my sons, but but I was always trying to stay active and out in the public and in in the community and in doing things. And I think that that helped me greatly when I really wanted to go back full time. And I did the same thing. I would take on projects as I could, which allowed me the opportunity to kind of do both. And you kind of need that for your sanity. I think. Uh, oh, as, as oh a absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember, you know, when he got on the bus for kindergarten, because I stopped working when he was about three and a half. And, and the girl next door to me goes, okay, we're following the school bus. I'm like, really, I can do that. You know, and, 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 but you know, that just gave me peace of mind. I, I was only fortunate to have one child and, you know, it gave me a peace of mind to be with him and, and be there. And if he got sick, I was there and, and not have to worry about it, especially because, like I said, my husband at the time was traveling a lot, was entertaining a lot. So when we sat down to figure out how much money are we making by me working, paying a nanny and doing all these things? It didn't make sense for a period of time. It really didn't. You know, we were paying more in taxes than we were making and I was losing (laughs) that time with him. So it, it, it just, you know, you've got to decide what's best for your situation though. Yeah. And everybody has a different situation. I remember doing the same thing with the boss and, and beating the boss to the school so that I could get that picture of them coming (laughs) off of the you say you say that, but the first three years my son was in uh, elementary school, I was in charge of the yearbook. So like I was there all the time taking pictures. So like, you know, from kindergarten to like second grade, there's like all the kids, you know, and it, it was fun. It was you know everybody was my friend then because they wanted their kid in the yearbook. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I I remember those days, and boy, they go by fast. I mean, you oh, yes. you look back. So how long did you take off? I took off about 10 years. It was almost exactly 10 years um, that I took off. And I was contemplating when that time was off, do I go back to school? I, I come from a family of teachers. Do I become a teacher? You know, and, and like I, I taught religious dad and said, no, I don't want to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So I was contemplating what direction I wanted to go um, back into the workforce. And was then, that hard to, you know, when you decided that you were going to go back, what, you know, do you remember how you were feeling about the whole thing about stepping back in? Well, I was nervous. And at the time I was in the midst of my divorce. So I oh. knew I had to find something that worked, but still worked with my schedule because I was the primary caregiver for my son. So I knew I had to have some flexibility and I was fortunate that that uh, there was a part-time position. And I went back part-time for about a year and a half working as an accountant at, at my church. And it, it worked out. It, it worked out great because I could drop my son off at school, do what I needed to do and be home for him. And if I had to take a day off, you know, there was some flexibility, just the work had to be done during that week, the bills and, and things like that had to be paid. That is really an added stress because here I am, I took time off and I probably took about 10 years and I was still working along the way, just, you know, projects and things like that and staying active with certificates and, you know, webinars and all that kind of stuff. And then that feeling that you get when you're not sure if you've lost what you had beforehand in just knowledge and skill and all of that. And really those 10 years, you're adding to those skills and you're adding to the knowledge, but your self-confidence 
seems to slowly deteriorate. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't know. I, I think I felt yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it was a great transition for me. And what was great was the business manager at the time was just starting out. And we both were very similar. She was a CPA and we were stay at home. She had three children. She was juggling. And so it was a good opportunity. So if I didn't remember how to do an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, whatever, she was there to help me and she, she understood, you know, and we would help each other out. And, and, and I, I think I'm glad I went back part-time. I mean, originally it was like 25 hours, then it went up to 32 hours. And I think that really helped me ease into trying to navigate. Yeah. Uh, at the yeah. time my son was in uh, fifth grade, sixth grade. No, no, excuse me, seventh grade. So he was older. So yeah. I could leave him alone. And it was, you know, it was a better, it was a better situation for me, but, right. you know, being defined as somebody's wife or somebody's mother, it, you get that label on you and you don't know, can I do something else? You know, yeah. especially when it's a period of time that you were out of the workforce. Yeah. And, and prior to that, we all were independent and, and we were that person, whoever that was in what we were doing. And we felt right. really, I mean, you know, I think most of us probably felt pretty confident in what we were doing, but taking that mm -hmm. time off and all of a sudden thinking, you know, the time that you've missed, what has happened? What, you know, what have you missed out on to go back into it? But I think that the things that we both did, staying active and staying involved and picking up some projects and, you know, just staying with our, our foot in the door, I think helps. I, I really do. So for, for women out there that are going through that and, and are thinking about what should I do now? Do I go back into the career I had before? Or do I go into something totally different? One, it's a great time to figure that out because you could do something different. It, it's your chance to start over again if, if that's something that you want to do. But also take the um, opportunities that you've had during that period of time and use that to your advantage when you're trying to sell yourself. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I think the relationships you learn as a stay-at-home mom are really key into helping you work in different environments, yeah. you know, because you're in mommy groups or you're doing this at the school. You're meeting a lot of different people and a lot of different personalities. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I think that everything we do, we learn. And if as long as we take that knowledge and learn with it, I mean, like I said, if I didn't try teaching religious ed, I might have gone and get my teaching certificate and hated it after a year. Yeah. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to kind of try it out for a summer and oh, realize yeah. that no, this is not my calling. So, you know, and, and I like teaching people things, but not in that environment, you know, yes. there's nothing in my life that I regret. I think everything is a lesson to be learned when you, when you have your life. Absolutely. And I think the other, the other point that you had brought up was having that support. So who that person was that you started working with and you started helping each other because you were sort of coming from the same, same place. I think as women, we need to have that support system around us and, and you need to kind of seek out the, the women that can kind of build you up and, and kind of stand next to you and walk with you through that process because you have it inside of you, but, but you just need sometimes that extra little push or confidence from somebody else. And so I think that that's, you know, really important to have. Don't, don't do it alone. Get, get a little bit of a support system around you to help. Oh, you. you've always got to be willing to ask for help. 
I don't yeah. think in, in life you, you've, you've got to, I mean, you can be an independent woman and self-sufficient with your finances, but know what your strengths are, but know when you're, you're not strong at something and get the help you need for that. That's definitely, you know, what happened. And then she subsequently left and I ended up becoming the business manager oh. of the church. So I ended up working there for about five and a half years in total. And it was a great oh. experience, you know. It's so. funny how things open up, isn't it? How how opportunities just kind of present themselves and you have to be ready and willing to to take those chances, but it it works. It works out for you. It, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the time my son was going into high school, so it was like perfect timing for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. So we're going to take a short break and we're going to play a game of get to the point. I'm going to ask you some random questions and you just have to answer whatever pops into your head. So are you ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll Hopefully. be fun. I, I promise. Okay. So, you know, in the time of the pandemic, virtual or in person? I miss in person. Pizza or wings? Oh, I'm a pizza girl. <laughs> okay. Social media of choice nowadays. I actually uh, Facebook, but I'm not a huge, I'm not on anything else. So really Facebook is my social media of choice. Uh, dog or cat? Oh, dog. I'm at my second rescue. So oh. yeah. relaxation of choice. We all need one right now. Um, I love walking. You know, I really feel that sometimes in the middle of the day, if I'm stressed and to take a nice little walk outside, I'm fortunate to live in a great neighborhood to walk. So I, I'd say walking. Uh, books or music? Music. I love going to live music. I, uh, that's one thing I really am missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really well, hopefully, missing. hopefully the yeah. summer's going to going to bring some back. We're, we're all right. hoping for that. Oh, what do you like most about Buffalo? You know, I just think it's like five degrees of separation or three degrees of separation. I really think that it's such a friendly town to live in and everybody's always willing to help you. I actually grew up in Niagara Falls, Oh, okay. Um, which isn't that far. And, you know, oh. I'm not in the city, but I really even feel like if you say you're from Niagara Falls, there's at least three people they know from there too. It's even smaller. But I really think that the camaraderie and the way we, we help each other, like you said, we met through Grow. And I just really feel I've never been in a networking group where I felt in competition or uncomfortable or where I couldn't ask an expert an opinion or get to know them on a one-to-one -one basis. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I feel is, is great about Buffalo. Choice of beverage. If it's alcoholic, I'm a vodka girl. Um, but most <laughs> of the time, most of the time I'm a water or tea. I'm not okay. a big, yeah, I'm not a big okay. picky person. A phone call or email? I think I like old school. I, I send a lot of emails, but I really would like to connect on a phone call. I think that's better for me. And what is one of the goals that you have set for yourself that you're most proud of that you've accomplished? That I've accomplished? Yeah. Um, I think that I started making some short videos regarding my business. And I think that me getting out of my comfort zone and being in front of a camera and videotaping myself has really been beneficial and made me more comfortable in life. Yeah, that that's a tough one that I'm still working on. <laughs> so I think everybody you're doing has great. that. I, I think you're doing great. Thank you. So that that was it. Thanks for playing along. 
Okay. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> See, everybody's so worried about that, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not bad. It just gives us a chance to, to get to know you a little bit more personally, I think. So what I want to dive into on this half is, is your business. So in 2017, you started Western New York Divorce Financial Advisors. Can you tell us you know, how you came about to make that decision? Well, I was working in the nonprofit environment as a business manager at a big church. And one of my friends who's a financial planner said to me, you really should get this certification. With your personal experience and your accounting experience, you would do a great job at this. So I looked into it. And the next thing I knew, I was leaving my job and taking the certification and starting a new life over at 50. I was was going to be 50 that year. So, So it was just... Timing wise, when I looked into it, when I went through my own divorce, I felt that there, it was so emotional. And if I wasn't an accountant, I wouldn't have known half the things that I needed to do. Hmm. And I had seen a lot of my girlfriends go through it where, you know, they didn't know what was going on that, you know, one, one didn't know how to get insurance, you know, after the divorce, you know, cold broad, and then it ends. And, you know, there's so many, what if questions That I really felt, you know, I had a good lawyer, but the lawyers look at the legal aspects or the mediators. You really need to work with somebody that understands the financial uncertainties because you're going through a lot. And my divorce happened during the crash of 2008. And my former husband was in commercial real estate. So, you know, woo, big income dip. And, you know, you had to figure out creative ways to make sure that I was, you know, that we were, that I was taken care of, but he was taken care of too. And, and how did we build upon that? Wow. So, you know, and then as I got into it and started doing it, it just, it felt right. I like helping people. And this is one of the lowest, like it's, it's one of the most difficult points in their lives. And you really have to have empathy to understand what they're going through. Well, and having gone through it yourself, that adds so much more compassion for other people because you've been there. Right. And even though I was taking care of the monthly bills, there were things I found out about. There was financial, you know, like, you know, there was things that I didn't know were going on and I'm an accountant, you know? So, so can you imagine, you know, someone that's not really privy, you know, there's some spouses that don't know anything about their finances in the marriage, you know? So, yeah, I mean, usually one takes care of most things instead of, you know, having two people dipping their hands into it. One usually just takes over. They're more organized or they're more detailed or, or, you know, just whatever. Yeah. In, in my marriage, it was the same way. I took care of the daily finances and then we would talk together about, you know, future finances, investments and retirement and things like that. And it worked. And, you know, I was very fortunate when I went through my divorce that I was privy to all those things and nothing was taken away from me. That doesn't always happen. Right. Right. So, so who is your type of client? Is it, is it more female or is it a mixture of male and female? Um, I would say the majority of my clients have been female. Most of them are, are not the person that really is working 
or is working part-time that really wants to have a true understanding of the finances. I have had some male clients too, that just wanted to make sure that, you know, when they ended the divorce, they had enough to live on too. I mean, you're going from two, you know, most of the time, two incomes to one. Right. And that's, that's a stark reality. You're, you're supporting two households. So, you know, I've had clients come to me prior to even going to a mediator and a divorce attorney to kind of get their things in a row to really understand, can I financially afford to get divorced? And, you know, and, and, and like I said, my personal experience of going through the crash of 2008 with all that uncertainty (gasps) really played a good part in me understanding, especially the uncertainties we're facing now with COVID. Yes. Yeah. This, this adds a whole other layer to it. Um, If, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've seen an uptick or not with COVID, everybody sort of together for more time than you really anticipated until retirement age. Um, well, do you see a, a tick up or, or not? I, I have seen a tick up since January. You have? Um, yeah. In 2020, the divorce rate was actually down because I think people didn't know what to do. Yeah. They couldn't, well, they you were know. stuck. Yeah. Um, and they were stuck. And I've seen an uptick in people contacting me. I mean, I recently had a woman that contacted me that has been married 48 years, oh she's 70 God. years old, but she doesn't want to be married anymore. I mean, like, you know, and th- and that's oh. tough. That's hard. You know, that's really hard yeah. to, to really help, you know, somebody in those lines. And, and, you know, sometimes I've done work for people, gotten all their financial stuff. You know, there was somebody I worked with prior to COVID and she was a nurse and, you know, I checked in with her during COVID every call and she goes, no, I don't think I'm going to do that now. But if I do get divorced, if I do think about it, I can come back to you and relook at my finances at that point. Wow. So, you know, I, I just kind of really, I'm not a financial planner. I want to specify that I only work with people. I call it the marital transition process because it is a process. It's when you start it, it's in the midst of it. And then to make sure you're okay at the end of your divorce. Can you talk a little bit more about the process? Like if someone were to come to you and say that they were thinking, they're thinking about it, they're thinking about making that, that leap. uh, What, what types of things do you go through with the client? Well, I go through all their financial information. So, so usually I gather all their documents, any checking savings account, retirement assets, even taxes. I like to look at a couple of years of the taxes to make sure, especially if you're not the spouse that's handled most of the finances to make sure there's, you know, did they take out a 401k, you know, did, you know, just little, little things like that. Sure. Um, so the biggest step is gathering that and, and, you know, and making a budget and seeing really exactly what your budget is and what it is on a month, you know, on a monthly and a yearly basis, what do you need to live on with the minimum hmm. and understanding that, you know, and then, and then just, are you ready to do this? I mean, even myself, I had the divorce attorney's phone number in my purse for probably four months before I went to meet with them. It's a hard decision. You know, I, you know, it's, it's a very tough decision. I don't want to see anybody get divorced, but if you're getting divorced, you should really make wise choices about your future finances. Wow. So you you must wear many hats, though, because you're not just wearing the accounting hat. You've got to be wearing the psychology hat and, you know, just all these different because they're coming to you and they're just upset and, and maybe frustrated, maybe angry, maybe, you know, what all these other feelings. So you have to kind of weed through all of that to get to what you need. 
Right. And one of the first things I usually say to my client, I say, I know it's difficult, but you need to think with your head and not your heart. And that's so hard. And, and, you know, I've connected myself with a bunch of different people, different professionals, you know, there's a lot of times that you do need to talk to a mental health professional when you're going through this. When you break in a relationship, it's a grieving process. You really have to learn how to be an individual and to really understand that. So I try, if I feel that emotionally they need to talk to somebody, I will recommend, I will say, you know, I'm not a therapist. You know, you can talk to me, you can vent to me a little bit, but I don't know how to deal with that. I know that how I felt during the process, I know how some of my friends felt during the process, but it's unique for each individual. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So if if someone wanted to reach out to you to learn more about um, the things that you're doing, um, what is the best way for them to connect with you? You can give me a call at 716-633-1605. I offer a complimentary introductory confidential phone call because I know how sensitive, you know, this is. And, um, you know, I do have a website, which I can, I can provide uh, Western New York divorce financial.com. So I can give you all that, that, that information. Um, You know, I do have a Facebook page, you know, so I, I, I'm out there, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, there's a lot of different ways to connect with me, but, you know, I just feel that, you re- I really need to talk to somebody to see where they are in the process to determine how I can help them along the way. I really think the most important thing when you go through this process is to educate yourself, understand your state requirements, understand you know what's premarital, what's marital, understand the methods of divorce, mediation, collaborative or litigation, and really take the time to gather your documents you know, anything you're related to. And then when you start hiring professionals, make sure you vet them. Don't just hire a professional because your your cousin Susie had a good experience because just like you, every divorce is unique. So really have a list of questions and really get to know that person. Because when you do this, you're opening up your whole marriage. You have to be completely honest to make sure you get the things to settle the way you do. I mean, especially if children are involved. You know, you might need to worry about their college or cars or insurance. And there's just a whole bevy of things depending on, you know, where you are in your marriage cycle and how long you've been married. So just educate yourself. That's if I had to give one piece of advice, that's what I would say. Wow. So speaking of pieces of advice, um, if someone right now is thinking about this or maybe they've started the process. Um, what pieces of other advice would you give them? Do you, do you have some other advice other than really learning, you know, about all the, just all the pieces to this puzzle? Cause it's, it, it isn't as simple as making that decision. Like you said, you're opening up your whole marriage to other people. And a lot of people are very private about what they've been dealing with maybe or going through and then having to make the decision, but then having to probably go over in detail all the pieces to that has got to be difficult. Right. And you really need to understand what was yours. You know, you need to have the documentation to prove everything financially. You know, I mean, if you were working and you stopped working and it was premarital 
401k, that's yours. If you inherit money and you don't commingle it with the marital assets, that's yours. You know, these are little things that, you know, if you were married over 10 years, you might be entitled to their social security. I mean, there's so many different aspects of it that you really have to educate yourself. And then even dividing the retirement assets is another, you know, another, (laughs) it's another whole world to get into with quadros and different things along those lines. So I think you really have to define what your priorities are. Okay. Okay. Sometimes I've met women that are in their forties, their priority is to keep the marital home. They don't really care about the retirement. They figure they can catch up and that's fine. But can you afford to stay in that home? Can you afford to pay the mortgage or in five years you're bankrupt because you've, you've put everything into this house. You know, I know you might need to stay in the same school district, but you know, I always say your kids will remember the time you've spent with them and that you can afford to do things with them, not the house they grew, you know, I mean, they will remember the house they grew up in, but that doesn't make a home. Yeah. You know, I, I had a big house and, you know, when my son went off to college and we downsized, he's like, you know, I never understood why we had that big house. I was never happy there. You know, like, like, you know, and, and it's like, really, you know, like, like I would thought I was giving him the best life, but right. you know, you know, you have to see what your priorities are. I always say, make a list of your priorities of what you want to get out of this, put it aside and then look at it two weeks later. Is that what you really need? Because sometimes you deal in the emotion and not the factual. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really, and I'm not saying to deny your emotions because everybody's got emotions in this process, but, but just think educate. That's, that's the most important thing. Even myself, I read a bunch of books before I started the process just to make sure I knew what was going on. And now there's YouTube videos about a lot of different things. Like I said, I've started some YouTubes with general information too. And there's a lot of different things out there to get some ideas. Um, But like I said, every state is different and whatever method you go through is different in the whole process too. Well, and I think what's, what's really important is it is a process. So it's not just a decision that you make and then you make the decision and it's over. It's just the beginning of a very long process. So, right. Yeah. That's why I call it a transition. Yeah. Because you have to transition from, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm in the midst of it. Okay. It's over. Now, what do I need to do to take care of all my finances? I mean, after the divorce is over, you might need a quadro, you need a new will, you need... You need to change your beneficiaries. I mean, I've got a whole checklist when a divorce is over just to make sure you don't forget those things because sometimes that happens. I mean, look at there's been a lot of celebrities that have recently passed away that have been in midst of their divorces and might have updated the will, but they're contesting it and everything. So, So there's a lot of things out there that you really need to take care of even when the divorce is over. Well, and you know, going back to what we were talking about in the very beginning about having a support system, I think that you give them the direction that they need. They can come to you. You already know all the different layers that are involved in this because I can't imagine, and I mean, I've never been through divorce, but I can't imagine the stress level, the frustration, probably anger. I mean, all the grief um, steps that you have to go through you can't be clear-headed. There's going to be times when you're not thinking straight. And if you have somebody like yourself who 
you know, has done it themselves and has a process and has a checklist and make sure that you're crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's, you make that process a little bit easier. If they had to go through it alone, you know, that, that would just, it, it just makes so much more sense to go to somebody like you and to help them through that. Right. I'm just another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, I, I mean, I, I've taken mediation training and I, I volunteer as a mediator, but I wouldn't be a mediator because I really feel that I focus on the finances and, you know, yeah. and that's the thing, you know, I recently got, a, I had a friend who's been with a mediator for well over a year and she's like, she's not doing it, you know, like, uh-huh. like, you know, just because, well, but her, she was recommended by my cousin, you know, you know, these are the things that you have to really make sure you have a good support system. And it might be a divorce support group. I'm now recently involved in the Center for Hope of Western New York, which helps deal with people with narcissistic relationships. Um, I'm the treasurer on that board. It's a new organization. And, you know, a lot of times when people are leaving relationships like this, it's that situation and they don't know how to get out and there's financial issues and emotional. We have, we have mental health professionals and even holistic, you have to do what's best for you. I mean, they, you know, you've heard of the divorce diet. Some people start working out, you know, (laughs) everybody has to do what makes them feel good about themselves. And, and, and that's the important thing. And the most, like I said, the most important thing is surround yourself with the professionals that you feel comfortable with. I mean, I had, I've had a lot of friends that are, had two attorneys, you know, one was recommended by a friend, didn't work out. And then they're on the second and you're paying all that money, you know? So it's, it's, it can be expensive too. And, and yeah. it, but it doesn't have to be as long as you are conscious of the path along the way and how you can streamline it the best to your abilities. Not everybody can go through mediation. I, I couldn't go through mediation. Hmm. I mean, I was very blessed that I always got my checks on time and, you know, my former husband, you know, I, I wrote in their college. I mean, there's so many things to think about. My son was 10 at the time we got separated, but I thought about college yeah. Didn't think about car insurance. You have boys, you know how expensive <laughs> yeah. that is. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, it's like you have to balance everything. Yeah. So now I don't make those mistakes with my clients. So, and there's a lot on your plate. I mean, they're just, you know, you just mentioned a few of the things, but they're, you know, you're taking two lives that have been one and you're breaking them individually. And all of those things are going to be split. It, that's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then just throw on the emotions, the, just the idea of the whole process um, and what you're well, going through. That's just, you know, a lot, and, and it, you know, when there's children involved, you know, you know, you know, the uh, first Friday night, you're home alone. Like, uh, what do I do with myself? It's like, you know, that's another part of it too, especially when the children, and, and that's what I always say too. Don't get the children in the middle. The best compliment my 19 year, when he was 19 gave me was, you know, mom, you never, you and dad never said anything bad about each other, you know, to him. And to me, I went through my divorce. That was, you know, five years after my divorce. That's how I want to be pictured. You know what I mean? Think about how you want to be like five years after this is over. Think about how you handled the situation. And that's the most important thing. Because if you drag it out, it's not hurting anybody but yourself, really. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've given us a a lot to think about. And I'm sure that there are people out there right now that are contemplating this big decision. It is quite a big decision. So 
if you're interested and you want to get in touch with Gina, I will have the information um, on the podcast. So your email and your phone number, your web address, and um, so that they can easily find you, you know, reach out, have the conversation. It, it could save you so much frustration, time, money, just to have the conversation. And it, it's a big decision. And and you know, I don't wish it upon anybody, but when it happens, just make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you know, you know what direction you want to go in, and that you have support. And I think that 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 will help you get through it all. So, so thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really, I'm really glad that you were here and to share your story. You took your experiences throughout your life, and now with your company. You're helping so many people get through probably one of the most difficult times of their lives. I really feel when when I get a thank you letter from a client, like, and I've gotten a few, that really makes me feel good. And and that's what I want to do. I, I want to help people's divorce not take three years like mine. So if I can do that, I've accomplished a big deal. So, but thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. A lot of people yeah. don't know what about this. And no, no, that I don't think they do. And I mean, I've had friends over the years get divorced and they, you know, they pretty much it's, it's them and their spouse and the lawyer or the mediator and, and that's it. And they are learning as they go, but you've been through it and you know, the process and you can just make it a little bit easier. You don't have to tackle it yourself. Yes. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to Sharp HR Career Corner. If you're trying to figure out your next career move, you need to talk with somebody, please contact Sharp Human Resources. We'd love to help you out. Go to sharphumanresources-buffalo.com for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, I encourage you to download it, leave a comment and share with others you know. The more downloads and comments and shares that we get, the better the ratings and the easier we can be found. So thank you in advance for that. Until next time, be kind, everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world, and it starts with you and I. So thanks again for listening, and have a great day.